Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hi, everyone. I'm Katie Couric, and welcome to Next Question. This week, I got the chance to sit down with the very talented and beautiful inside and out, Kate Winslet. Can you hear me? I can't hear Katie. And while we were getting settled in perfect pandemic fashion, I got the chance to meet her musician husband, Ned. You might know him as Ned Rock and Roll, who is acting as Kate's super sweet and helpful IT guy. If you close this window. If I close this window. And then this will be here. Right. Just click on that to stop it. And then I will send it to them. Afterwards. I'll just click on stop. Yeah, yeah fine. Okay, website. that's what I'll do. Yeah. Got it. That's okay, all, all right, do. babe. Okay, okay. I love right. you. Goodbye. Thank you. This was one of my favorite interviews ever. We covered so much ground because Kate has got a lot going on a new audiobook, the upcoming Avatar films, a new Edge of Your Seat murder mystery series coming out on HBO in April. But we also dive into the toxic business of Hollywood the body shaming she endured, her experiences working with Harvey Weinstein and Woody Allen, and so much more. But enough babbling. I'll just let you hear it for yourself. I hope you all enjoy Kate Winslet as much as I did. I'm trying to think when we last saw each other, actually. I mean, it really has got to be quite a long time. It's been a long time, but I was remembering with everyone on this call, I was remembering how I think I did your first American interview, Kate. For Sense and Sensibility. Do you remember? Yes, I do. Kate Winslet, good morning. Welcome. Hello, thank you. So nice to meet you. Comedy of Manners. Would you describe Sense and Sensibility as that? Um, A comedy of manners. Well, there's certainly a lot of humor in it, which I think is good and also very important. I remember it so well. I do. I do remember. And um, yeah, I mean, I just remember in those days being completely terrified because, of course, the whole concept of being on a talk show is so... It's it's really very, very strange. And, of course, you don't have as much time to say all the things you think you want to say. And, and you know, and I talk a lot anyway. I still do to this day. So I had no what, concept of censoring my words or tightening things up. Or yeah, I was just so... And I was very self-conscious. I remember being physically and just very self-conscious in those days. Marianne Dashwood is your character. She is absolutely the juiciest role in the movie don't you think oh, I yeah. mean and she is. she's so impetuous yes. and passionate she's obviously obviously the sensibility mm. and sense and sensibility mm. How, why else were you so drawn to her I, I really I really don't know I don't know what it was I think it was it's it, it's funny when I when well I, you were so young how old were you when you were in sense and sensibility I was 19 when I was in sense and sensibility so by the time I, by the time we spoke, I, pr- I probably would have been 20, which is my daughter's age. She's 20. Isn't that crazy? Well, yeah. I have to tell you, from my perspective, you were, I, I just fell in love with you. First of all, you were extraordinary in the movie. I was so uh, captivated by your performance. And of course, I was a huge fan of Emma Thompson's already. And I remember just thinking how wonderful you were. And it was it was one of my favorite interviews, actually, because 
I also felt very, I think I felt protective of you too, because you were so young. But um, it's just, um, I, I hope you remember it in a good way because you came off really, really well. Um, but I do remember how nervous you were. And of Aww. course, it's nerve wracking. 20 years old, you're going on national television. But I just loved you in the film. And I've really loved you, Kate, in almost everything. Well, I know almost in everything you've done. The reader, I've been so thrilled oh, to see you. your career unfold. And, you know, when you hurt, I hurt. You know, when you went through some of the garbage during the Titanic, I was enraged and incensed, uh, you know, about your body, which was beautiful, P.S. And it just, um, anyway, I've just followed you so long, for so long. It's such a, it's so wonderful for me to just actually be with you again after all these Aww. years. Oh, well, thank you so much. Well, I guess we've both both sort of lived to tell the tales, haven't we, really? <laughs> yes, we have. We have. We're survivors, yeah. Kate. We are, and, we are uh, survivors. We are. Yes, and, we are. And it's so nice to see that you're busy as ever. Um, and so let's talk about some of your projects because I'm excited about those. But I want to talk quickly about your life. Your, your wonderful husband, Ned, you have three kids now. You have a son who's eight years old named Bear. Is that Bear? Is that his real name, Bear? Yeah, bear. Yes, bear. Yeah, bear. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's so funny because when we say when we say you just said it in a in very English, American way. Well, it's bear. only because when we when we say when when people will say in America, "Oh, what's your son's name?" and I say, "Oh, it's bear." When to an American ear, it just that sounds just like a kind of they say bear 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 ban bear. It sounds like a sort of a blah. It sounds bah, like a, a, a noise. But it sounds like it sounds like nothing. It sounds like what a sheep does. Bah. It does a bit. So when so when I actually then say bear, you know, it's I don't know. There's more. There's more. I don't know. It sounds like a fully rounded name, I suppose, to an American. But yes, that's his name. His name is his name is Bear, and um, and he's seven actually. He just he just turned seven in December. Yeah, and then Joe. Oh, he's seven. Uh, yeah, and my middle one, Joe, he's 17 now, and, and Mia, my daughter, is 20. Yeah. And and 20. we'll talk about Mia in a moment because I know Mia wants to follow in your footsteps, Kate. Yes. So we'll, she, we'll, she we'll is, talk is, about is, that in a moment. Acting. Yes, okay. Does that, does that terrify you, by the way? Well, no. I mean, given the fact that just today, actually, she's on a plane on her way to Prague to start shooting a TV series. So the fact that she has work is extraordinary and um and you know she's 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 very 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 good and I am very proud and and she has her own style you know she's very different to me um but she's I think she's better than I was when I was her age I mean I really do I'm always so impressed by her um and she's you know she's got the right she's got the right amount of hunger for it she's she's got the right amount of nerves around it and she just you know she just wants to try and learn and do well and, and keep growing. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting seeing her go through it all and, you know, work on trying to get a part-time job as well and, you know, all that stuff. She's, it, it's, 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 it is a little bit like history repeating itself a tiny bit just because how she is, how she's sort of processing it all in her mind and her, her drive and her hunger for it is like, that is identical to what I had. And it's just sort of happening. So it's, um, yeah, it's 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 a very exciting time for her. Well, you uh, I know started acting when you were seven years old in commercials. So I mean, it was very much ingrained in you at an early age. On the other hand, Kate, I've been living in Los Angeles for two months just to escape New York, and since we're all working virtually, and I was thinking the other day, acting must be the most difficult profession for your self esteem because. The constant rejection, the constant sort of external affirmation for who you are and your worth. I don't think I could have tolerated being an actor. I just don't think I, I could. The the kind of fear of like, am, you know, like from chorus line, am I going to get it? And that, you know, mm. all those kind of worries about getting a role and then you get a role and then you have to worry about getting a next role and other people liking you. I think it would make me completely insane. Well, it is a pretty crazy job to choose, I have to say. And it's, you know, it's not just the, you know, the anxiety of will I get a role? And then if you do actually then get the role, then you've got the anxiety of actually playing the role. And, you know, 
and bringing it home and, and, and making it work. And my dad always says to me, you're only as good as your last gig. And he's always said it. And I still believe it to this day. You know, you really are only as good as the last job that you did. And, um, and that's, it's, it's, it's stuck with me. And I, I, yeah, I still, you know, I, I, I love this job. I really do love it. But I absolutely do have times when I, uh, when when I I don't like doing it because it sometimes can be incredibly painful and as you say it does call on extraordinary levels of resilience and um, and a sense of it doesn't even necessarily need to be self worth but at least having enough confidence to be able to go onto that set and know that you're the only person who can play that part in that way you know some somehow you have to. You know, you have to. It's, it's tr a trick of the mind sometimes because self doubt does definitely creep in. Um, but for me, you know, getting rid of that self doubt, doubt thing, you know, comes with I think preparing for the part and really sort of anchoring myself in the role and and getting myself to a place where I absolutely almost it become that that character a little bit. Um, you really that, do. That, I... that happened with me particularly on on Mayor of Easttown, the HBO. Um, series that is coming out soon um, just because I was playing her for such a long time and it was such a wonderful and difficult um, complicated part. I want to talk about Mayor of Easttown because they sent me two episodes and I absolutely loved it but I want to get a couple things about your personal life and I keep going off on these crazy tangents but how have you been weathering the pandemic Kate? I mean you're in in the UK, you're in in London or in a I don't know. No, are you in a so, cozy so little we, so, English <laughs> Hampshire? <laughs> no, so we so well actually we don't live too far from Hampshire, but we're we're about two hours uh, two hours when there's no traffic south of London. So we live on the we do live on the coast. Um, so we do have the ocean right right close by, um, and that has been amazing. You know we've been. You know, look, we have outside space. We're not in a town. Those things, you know, we have a we have a dog. We have some chickens. You know, we have we grow vegetables. You know, it's by no means a small holding or even a farm. But we, you know, like a lot of people, I think, in the UK, just kind of going, OK, let's absolutely make the best of this time and what we have. And because my older two are 17 and 20, you know, they're getting ready to kind of leave a little bit. You know, those right. that, that time is coming and actually to be able to really value the time together has been something we've all been able to do. Um, it's been absolutely has been rough on them. I think from a social standpoint, they found it really hard not being with their friends and not seeing their peers. But again, they've they've made the best of it. Um, but we've been we've we've been okay. You know, we have this this last lockdown now because and we are still in it. At the very beginning in January, I I have to confess, I myself found it really hard. I and I'm 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 very resilient. I can always pretty much find something positive in very negative situations. But I, I, I a little bit did bottom out in January. I was like, wow, this is OK. This is rough. And I think I think for me, it wasn't just about not being able to see friends, not being able to see family, my, you know, my my sisters and their kids. And it wasn't so much even about that. Funnily enough, it was a lack of sort of cultural stimulation, but also a lack of just access to diversity. Just access to diversity in our world when you walk down the street, especially when my son Bear is seven and he's of an age where I want him to grow up with diversity and inclusivity as a part of the fabric of the breath that he breathes. And when you're when you go without it and I find myself thinking, gosh, we've got to I, do I have to do I have to teach this? Do I have to actively teach diversity and inclusivity? Because, of course, for Mia and Joe, my my older ones, they grew, they grew up in New York City, in Manhattan, went to school in Manhattan, and mm -hmm. we left there when they were seven and ten, respectively. And so so they had that in abundance. That was just part of their every day. And so it's that's one of the things with lockdown and not being able to access all corners of our world. I have and not I don't mean literally, I mean just, you know, figurative, figuratively right. with how we live our lives. Ha, not having access to that side of of our of our world, I have I have really missed that. How have you made up for it? Have you tried to expose Bear to, you know, I mean, that's top of mind for you. So have you tried to do it in in a in a smaller way within the confines of your home? Kind of make I mean, him more bit. aware I, of the I, world a around bit, him. I think, yeah, a little bit. I think just making sure that he 
is part of those conversations that we do have all the time. Because with my older two, those are conversations that are part of, they're just part of, you know, chit chat over dinner. And just making sure that Bear is part of that. Um, um, I mean, I mean, Bear has been a very fortunate child in terms of how much he has traveled and has seen the world and, and possibly has been exposed to um, inclusivity and diversity, perhaps um, perhaps more than the majority of six, seven-year-olds, um, um, just because of that, that's the way our, our, our life is. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud that I can say that. Um, but yeah, I think we've just, you know, just keeping conversation going really. And, uh, and, and, and not doing that thing that I think you sometimes do as an adult of, of, of sort of censoring, hmm, are they ready to, ha to hear this? Are they ready to process that kind of information? Um, and just, I think, stop, stopping censoring quite so much and maybe not being so perhaps timid around bigger topics. Um, yeah. And that's actually been great. I mean, he's a very articulate kid, so he absorbs all of it. And actually, lo and behold, he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I, I know all of that, you know. <laughs> my, 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 <laughs> Mom, my, my I'm friend, seven. <laughs> well, my friend's, my, friend, my, friend's, my friend's son proposed to his boyfriend the other day. And, and he was all excited and he was calling up to tell me. And Bear was in the room and I had him on loudspeaker. And I said, Bear, Jack and Matt are getting married. And he just looked at me and went, yeah, high five. Wait, can I come to the wedding? Because I feel like all his concern was that he was going to get to come to the wedding, but fully, fully absorbed and acknowledged the fact that, of course, two men can marry. And I was quite proud of that. He just didn't miss a beat. That app, So I was like, okay, okay, okay. It's in there. It's in there. It's in there. We're all going, we're going in the right direction. We're going in the right direction. <laughs> What, has he been homeschooled or is he back at school now? He's just back at school, but was um, was homeschooled a lot. Yes. And actually more than the majority of children back in England, because when I was shooting Mayor of Easttown, he was, of course, with me in Philadelphia with my husband and my husband was homeschooling him already. So actually for us, we just kind of carried on as we were when lockdown happened. Um, so, yeah, he was really, really ready to to go back to school and see his friends. Kate, I did the weirdest thing at the beginning of the pandemic. I watched Contagion. So many people did that. It's what the hell is wrong with me? I don't know, but what the hell is wrong with most people who did that? <laughs> I mean, I can't think of anything worse because it's 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 alarmingly it's alarmingly accurate, and that's yeah that that I think is what has scared people the most. I mean, I mean, our virus our virus in Contagion um, was. Um, you know what? What was it? Was invented? It was an invented virus, but still, you know the 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 parallels you can draw from hand washing to mask wearing to, you know, to to fomites and R noughts and you know all of these things that <laughs> that are in that <laughs> film. We've all been suddenly living that for the last for the last twelve months, and, and, and it's crazy. and believe me, I worried. You know, when the vaccine became available, or you know, people, you know, complete chaos erupting around, uh, you know, violence on the streets, people killing each other for, you know, medication, et cetera, et cetera. I, I'm really happy it didn't come to that. And maybe yes, I, I had to I had to see the worst case scenario in order to feel better. Who knows? But it was such a great film. I saw it when it came out and then watching it again. Um, I don't know why people gravitate to that kind of stuff. But let's talk about happier topics because you've okay. got a lot of projects you're doing. You are the voice and the voices, and you do a spectacular job in, in the weirdies. It's a written, it's written by New York Times bestselling author Michael Buckley. It's an audio-only book, which I think must be wonderful for parents and kids to listen to. It reminds me of kind of the radio days. Um, yeah. Tell me how you got involved in that project. Well, I, I had been talking to Audible um, about finding some some pieces to do for them. Um, and I love doing audiobooks anyway. I've done I've done a lot in the past. I did the Enchanted Wood series by Enid Blyton. And actually when I was pregnant with my daughter Mia so 25 years ago and I did um I did Roald Dahl's Matilda about 10, 11 years ago. And I, I just I just enjoy it so much. And I used to listen to well we call them tapes because they were cassette tapes back in the day. We used to listen <laughs> to story tapes a lot as children, particularly on car journeys because my parents really did not have very much money. And so vacations for us were absolutely never getting on a plane and flying to some far-flung, you know, hot climate. 
they were always getting in a car and taking a very early morning ferry, perhaps driving through France and camping. Totally wonderful. So to keep us amused, we would endlessly have story tapes in the cars. And, and I loved them. I loved them. And I think when I, was, <clears throat> when I was pregnant with my daughter and then had her and had my son Joe, you know, I realized that there were going to be times in their little life when I might not make it home for bedtime if I would be filming. And so I wanted to find ways of being able to give them things to listen to. So I would record stories just myself into my, in those days, into my Blackberry or whatever it was, maybe even a little dictaphone, actually. I would just record uh -huh. things for them. And then as time went by, I thought, well, I would just want to do more of this. And my son, Bear, loves listening to the audiobooks I've done in the past. And it just felt like a lovely time um, last year to be telling stories to children at a time when you know, it's really hard for, for grown-ups and parents to dedicate as much time as children have truly needed through the pandemic globally. I think it's been incredibly hard on families. And just to do something that, you know, helps a parent to sort of just walk away and maybe start cooking dinner and say, okay, listen to this and just hit play on something. Just the concept yeah. of that. And I, and I use it. We, we use it all the time. You know, I'll, I'll stick an audio book on for Bear. Uh, at the moment, we're listening to Danny, the champion of the world. Um, but but it's, it's, a, it's, it's, been a, it's been a constant part of my childhood and, and of, of, of my kids' childhoods as well. And, and so to, to contribute to that medium of, of audible stories, it's, it's wonderful. It's just lovely to take part. Oh, Miss Emily is trying very hard, Melancholy told her siblings while they lay in bed that night. Perhaps a little too hard. I'm not sure why she cares, Barnacle said. It is very weird. I am starting to feel something for her, Garlic said. I looked it up in the dictionary. It is called sympathy. It is very uncomfortable. If we cooperate with her, I believe it will go away. It was agreed. They would try harder to get adopted. And the voices were so distinctive. I mean, did you have, and, and you switched so quickly from one to another from like, so-and-so said, <laughs> you know? was that hard to do? Well, you do get, you know, you, I mean, you have to sort of prepare for it. So, so, so my, you know, my pages that I'd printed out of the book to read um, when I was recording, of course, it was all color coded, you know, the, the you know, garlic, mel melancholy and barnacle. They all had a different color coded, you know, pen for their for when their dialogue would. Come That's up, hard, come up. isn't it? I mean, isn't it is that quite hard, hard where it suddenly you're hard. like, oh, shit, here comes garlic. Blah. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I would often if I was recording, if you know, I, I would be reading a line that I would be convinced was garlic. And I go, oh, no. That was melancholy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I've got to go back. Go back. I don't realise. And I'd be doing the wrong voice for the wrong character. Um, there's, yeah, lots of silly overlap. But, um, but it's, 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 it's great fun. I mean, I really do love doing them. And just, you know, just that thing of travelling and, and being able to listen to books. You know, so much of a journey is, a, a, is about the journey as much as it is about the destination when you get there. And to be able to listen to a story in a car for children, for families, and not have their child miss the surroundings outside because they're face down looking at a screen. That to me is, is really, really important. You know, I think, I think children, children are on screens too much these days and it does make me sad actually. It really yeah. does because I think it's, first of all, it's not good for their eyes, but also it just stops them from being up and open and thinking for themselves and drifting off into imagined worlds, you know, um, I mean, I mean, I can sit here right now and try and picture what, you know, the crazy mansion that Melancholy Garlic and Barnacle live in. I mean, it's, you know, it's wonderful to sort of con concoct images for yourself and it can be anything that you want for it to be. And and that's quite liberating, I think, for a child's mind. Um, so I, yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, I, I worry about to screens, too. And I I did uh, an hour on technology and and I learned so much and. You know, when you're not, uh, adults too are completely dependent on their devices and screens. And if there's a moment of boredom, a moment of free time, you immediately default to your phone and scrolling and yes. half the time you miss your surroundings. And furthermore, I read that the part of your brain that's responsible for creativity, it only ignites when you're bored, when your brain is at rest. And that's when, I don't know if it's like the prefrontal cortex or this cerebellum, I can't remember what part it is, but it made me think there's a real 
purpose for daydreaming. It's why all your thoughts, like your aha moments, often come in the shower or when you're taking a walk and you're totally free of distraction. So that's another thing, another really important reason to not be just consumed by your screen 24-7. That's right. That's I I I I completely, completely agree with you. And you know, I mean I'm no I'm no um exception to this conversation when it comes to overusing phones. I mean, I try very hard not to. I don't have any social media in terms of Instagram or Snapchat. I can't imagine what that must be like to be drawn by yet another thing that sucks you into that vortex. But but I, you know, I, I certainly do try if I'm taking the dog for a walk, for example, we'll go for these lovely two and a half hour long walks and we'll go as a family. I will absolutely leave my phone at home. I, I and, and, and we're all starting to do that more and more. My older kids as well doing that more and more. Again, Does Bear have a phone? Stay. No, my goodness. Absolutely. No, no, no. Okay. But, but, but 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 I will say, though, that you know, that it does make us all as a household much more conscious because he essentially lives with four adults, given that Mia and Joe are right. 17 and 20, you know. And so there are times when we're all, you know, I'll be responding to an email or even looking up a recipe. One thing I've taken to doing, actually, for anyone who has is lucky enough to have a printer, I often will look for a quick, like, you know, chocolate chip cookie recipe or, or you know, carrot soup or whatever it might be. And rather than follow that recipe on my phone in the kitchen, I quickly press print and I'll print it out so that Bear will actually see, he'll he'll be able to see what it is that I'm doing. Because if you're on your screen the whole time, of course, your children, your child can't see what you're doing or even understand what you're doing. And, and, and half the time, they just don't like it, which is understandable. So I've taken right. to doing that and just and also just just really reconnecting with my books. I've loads of cookery books. Some of them are behind me actually in this <laughs> in this video here that we're doing. But um, um, <clears throat> but yeah, just just picking up the books again and going, okay, what do I want to make? And going to a store and getting the ingredients for that one thing you want to make that evening, you know. Um, and it can yeah. be easy. It can be easier said than done. And best laid plans of mice and men, but. You know, I think just leaving phones at home when you take the dog for a walk, for example, um, it's, yeah. just, it's, it's, it's a small, small thing to do, but very, very helpful. When we come back, Kate and I talk about her gripping new series on HBO, Mayor of Easttown. That's right after this. Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews? Were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally five stars. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's Dime beautyco.com code get dime for 20% off this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect purdue global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals these include associate bachelor's master's and doctoral degrees and certificates purdue global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more whatever your interest we have the degree that will move you forward you have the knowledge you have the experience now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with purdue global Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Starting April 18th on HBO, you'll have the pleasure of watching Kate Winslet occupy an incredible character in a new series called Mayor of Easttown. She plays a tough, empathetic, and complicated detective who's investigating a brutal murder in her close-knit hometown. I'm Richard. What's your name? Mayor. Give it up for Miss Lady Hawk herself. Why did they call you Lady Hawk? I made a shot in a basketball game 25 years ago. They think you're a hero. Oh, I love it. Look at that. Must have been some shot. Most places, no. Around here, yeah. What do you do, Mayor? I'm a detective. A detective? You don't have any bodies hidden under your porch, do you? Not yet. I was sent the scripts way back in uh, in 2018, actually the end of 2018, and and I and I read episodes one and two, and of course was uh, was hooked immediately. But I couldn't believe this this rich, complicated um, character who was sort of was was functioning so well, sort of on paper in the real world, but 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 quietly in the depths of an absolutely terrible personal crisis and and grief that she was you know feeling more keenly every day uh, but not dealing with at all and yet this level of grief that she is experiencing is something that affects everything she does it affects all of her family relationships and even her working ones um and to play someone who i think is so held up in such high regard within the community of Easttown where she lives and where she was born and has lived all of her life to be so looked up to um, by so many people, that kind of pressure to be something and to count for something all the time. I, I identified with that. I understood that side of her. She's obviously nothing like me. She's a sergeant detective in this small town. Um, like I said before, in, in Delaware County, outside of Philadelphia. Um, and I am obviously not that, and that's not my world at all. But the one thing I was able to really connect with and that resonated with me more than anything about this role is how important family is to her and community. And for me, family and community are it's in, that's in my DNA. And so it's definitely something for me in lockdown, like most of us, I have found really hard going without that. Um, but Mare, it was, it was such a rich, complex part, and the writing was so outstanding. And I hadn't explored the possibility of television for a really long time. Um, and I did Mildred Pierce with HBO back in 2010, and it had been a wonderful, incredible experience. And, um, and, 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 and the greatest part of all with television is that you just get to tell so much more story. You know, often people think, well, films must be really, really hard and television, by comparison, must be a little bit easier. Oh, my goodness, it's not. It's about five times as, as tough because, first of all, the length of your television shoot is always considerably longer. Mayor of Easttown, in total, COVID came in the middle, but in total was 116 days of shooting. You know, a typical film shoot can be around 45 days, maybe 50 of shooting so mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, it, it's it's a lot you know and it's 7 hours of television you know a film is an hour and 40 minutes so so it's a very very challenging immersive experience and for me playing mayor you know she's she's lovable she's loathsome she's sort of disgraceful as well as glorious she's disgusting as well as pulled together she's vulnerable she's strong she's tough she's soft she's just so many things that i think we all are but at the end of the day she's a mother trying to keep it all together and really trying to do her absolute best by everyone every single day and that i really really respect and really connected with um and it's a story, it's a murder, and murder takes place at the end of episode one. It's a local girl, she's a teenager, she is a teenage, she's a teenage mother of one small child. 
And it's deeply sad because we all as a community know this young girl um, very well. And because it's set in a small town, it becomes pretty clear that actually the person who killed her is probably somewhere in our midst and it falls to Mare to solve the crime. And of course, that's very complicated because she's questioning and interrogating people she knows, people she sees every day and people she's known for a very long time. I think that's one of the really interesting aspects of the show. And I've only seen two episodes, but this this um, intersection of community and crime and, you know, it, it is everybody knows everybody. And so for her to be detached and her to to move in the world in a certain way that you would expect in maybe a bigger metropolitan area as a as a detective, it 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 all overlaps. And I know that when the when the detective comes to help you, I think he's put off by that because it's just a very unique situation where she, as you said, knows everybody. And mm. and I think it it really complicates it not only for her, but for the for the viewer, too, because you're like trying to to square these relationships and mm. wait, how do they know each other and how does this fit together? And one of the things, you know, it's I think that's really great about this series is that it takes place in sort of small town America in these towns. And I've just done a fair amount of reporting on this that are really hurting, you know, yeah. manufacturing left, they have opioid crisis, they have poverty, they have people just, you know, economic struggles. And, uh, you know, in many ways, I think it's, it's, it's Trump country, honestly, this, this small town. And mm. you think, wow, uh, this is this is a tough place to live, right? That's right. That's absolutely right. And one thing that really did strike me um, about um, <clears throat> Delaware County, um, you know, the the socioeconomic differences are so are so varied, you know, within a matter of miles. Um, and I suppose that's the same the whole world over. You often find that in pockets of England as well. Um, but but that was really startling to me. And as you say, you know groups, communities of people who really are suffering, really are in, in, in crisis. And it was actually staggering to me how there aren't better systems in place to care for those vulnerable people. I, I, I It made me angry and made me very upset. Um, and I did spend a lot of time in those opioid districts when I was preparing for the role. Um, and it's, I mean, there are things I saw there that I can, you know, you can never unsee. And, and it's, 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 it, that's life for some of those people, and it's desperate and devastating. Um, and so, playing this part and being um, and being a sort of a, a member of a of a community like that, you know, we very much had to absolutely absorb a lot of that quite personal stuff in terms of how people live and the struggles that they experience. Um, and our crew and our cast were remarkable people. I mean, we became a little community, actually, quite big community. Um, and that was one of the things, I'll be honest, that kind of did get me through lockdown was that I, I always, you know, even though I came back to the UK and we had to shut down for a while, I was still playing mayor in my mind. And, and, and to the extent that when we did finish shooting in December, so I feel like I've only just stopped playing her in a funny way. You know, I realized that she almost had become a little bit of an alter ego for me because she was my escape through all of it. She was my emotional and mental escape. And it wasn't a very nice place emotionally and mentally to always be escaping too. But there is, there is something very lovable about Mayor Sheehan, the character, and and I, I miss her for sure. Like I'm having a hard time really unraveling myself and and letting go of her. I kept one of I kept her coat, the coat that she wears in the show the whole time. It's like a, it's just an old barn jacket, but but I kept it and every now and then I'll just put it on. <laughs> I love the and, and you you uh, again you that's so funny and I, I love these female characters, especially who are complex. You know, I loved Olive Kittredge uh, when when HBO did that, because I loved the fact that Frances McDormand, first of all, I, I, I worship Frances McDormand, too. And Me too. the fact Me that too. these yes. characters are are multidimensional and not they're there. I love watching someone who's flawed, but lovable at the same time. You know, these complicated like all of us. You know, yeah, that 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 they elicit so many different emotions. And I think Mare is is like exhibit A for that kind of character. And you also had to perfect an accent that is called what it, it's called a Dover. What what is that? It's it's a very distinct 
Pennsylvania. Uh, explain how you were able to do that. <laughs> the Delco dialect is, um, I mean, it's... It, it's Delco. <laughs> when you say Delco, Delco, what does that mean? Uh, Delaware County. Del yes, sound, okay. It sounds for Sorry. Delaware County. Delco. So Delco. <laughs> um, so it's a it's a it's a very um, it's a very <laughs> it's a very difficult dialect. I don't know how else to kind of describe it to you. You know, their 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 O sound is is you know they they ah. they say they they don't say Delco. They say they say Delco Delco. They they don't say open. They'll say open open, <laughs> and they don't say water. They say water. So water. <laughs> no water. Water. No, water. <laughs> water. Water. And they, don't, and they don't say daughter. Water. What? No. W water. Yeah. Well done. Water. <laughs> you got it. You got it. And they don't say they don't say daughter. They say daughter. Daughter. So it's, it's very odd. It's very odd. So um. Daughter. And the eye. It's kind of like this, Kate. It's kind of er er. Right. It's it's, it's a different it's a different set of muscles, quite honestly, than a. Than a generic American dialect, and you know, for, and I love doing dialects, I really do. But they do drive me completely crazy sometimes. And this was one of the ones that drove me totally nuts, and was convinced that I just wasn't going to be able to do it, and that people would say, "Oh, that's bad," you know. Well, they may even still say that. I have absolutely no idea. People are entitled <laughs> to their own opinions, but I tried <laughs> every day, and so, <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, a lot of training. Work with a dialect coach. Listen to lots of, you know, lots of local sample tapes of people talking and just really spending time in that community. Plus, I had an amazing, amazing sort of right-hand woman, a great sergeant detective named Christine Blaylor, who is, uh, she works in Chester County, and she was brilliant. She was my proper go-to helper. Um, and she would, she would sort of knock it out of me if I ever did anything, not just in terms of how I spoke, but if there was anything I would do in terms of how I held my gun, how I moved, how I'd approach a situation, you know, just anything that looked fake, phony, or like they do it on TV. She was like, no, that's how they do it on TV. No, not doing that. So she'd, she would say, no. You know, so she'd be like, sometimes, you know, it's a clusterfuck. You know, sometimes it is. You know, you want to get the handcuffs on, just slop them on. You know, it's not going to go perfect every time. <laughs> so I think, okay, okay, great, okay, great. I don't have to be so perfect at these things. She said, no, you know, shit happens, man. She was brilliant. So, so I spent a lot of time with her and actually, and her... Her dialect, her, 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 her Delco dialect is very, very strong. So um, sometimes it was almost a little bit too strong for the character. So I would have to be almost careful not to listen to her too much. But, yeah, I just, I just had, a, you know, I, I had an extraordinary time playing this role. I've got to tell you. And, you know, it's very rare for me to be comfortable watching myself in anything. And because I was also an executive producer on Mare, I'm having to watch each episode as they're editing it. And give my own notes and, you know, we, we still oh, collab collaborate and talk about things. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm loving it. But really? I'll tell yeah, but I'll tell you why I'm loving it. It's because I truly love this show. I love it. And I will say this, it is fantastic. It is gripping. The, the performances are, are just extraordinary. The cast is brilliant. We were as tight as we look we, as though we were on screen and it's it's you know it's got a it's got a heartbeat that is very specific to Delco and very specific to East Town and I feel tremendously tremendously proud of everyone it was an extraordinary time and I can say that really it is a terrific show and I would never say that about anything I'm in that hasn't come out yet but I do feel I do feel that that pleased with it so um so, so which is which is new for me. I got to tell you, this is like you've never heard <laughs> publicly on, anyone really? ever, ever. Yeah, I would never say that publicly. I don't think I'd never say I love it. I'm really proud of it. I mean, I don't really, you know, I'm British. British people, you know, I wouldn't class myself as typically British, but we don't tend to kind of like express real like you know celebration in 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 our own stuff, I suppose. And uh, and 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 I do feel just thrilled with it. Really thrilled. It was a it was a tough old shoot, and you know a, a lot of tricky things were thrown at us. But but it's it's fantastic. It's really fantastic. We're all really excited. Well, 
I can't wait to see more episodes. So maybe I'll get a sneak peek before uh, oh, the I rest of the did. world. Because oh, I hope you after did. after episode two, we were like, no. Oh, I know. Oh, I we know. We couldn't believe that we couldn't keep watching to I find know. out what happened. I so know. Well, episode, I'm really excited. Episode three, I tell you, at the end of episode three, you actually can't believe what happens at the end of episode three. And then you can't believe what happens at the end of four. And then the end of five <laughs> flattens you. The end of six. <laughs> You are just breathless, and I can't talk wow. about seven. <laughs> okay, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about Avatar. So you, you're doing this, and then you're doing Avatar. I mean, talk about, like, a so, 360, this, it's so, right? It's so or is that a 180? Because, That's a 180. Well, well, actually, Avatar happened ages ago. I, I shot that at the beginning of 2018. It's amazing how, you know, because they're still filming it, um, you know, it hasn't come out yet, so it sort of seems like it's just happened. But but yeah, I, I, I filmed that at the beginning of, 20, of 2018. I had a couple of months um, on the shoot, and yeah, I, it was a, an amazing um, experience. I had to learn how to breath hold and free dive, and it was incredible. I loved it. I really loved it. And working with Jim Cameron again was fantastic. I mean, Oh, truly, that's right. Yeah. From truly. Titanic days. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. 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 So that was, that was just, it was just terrific, you know, and there's such a, an amazing group of people. Um, and the world of Pandora, you know, it's like a, it, it really is like drinking the Kool-Aid. You fully get sucked into this experience. And, uh, it was, it was just lovely, you know, working with Sigourney Weaver, my goodness, I had a lot to do with her actually. And, um, and the two of us, you know, acting out a scene together in a, you know, 22 foot deep tank, you know, holding our breath for <laughs> three, four minutes on end. It's totally amazing. I, that's Absolutely my worst amazing. nightmare. That's my worst nightmare. I'm afraid oh, of drowning. Really? Okay. So the idea oh. of, yeah, wasn't that, wasn't that, wasn't that hard or, or I mean, that must have been um, it is hard, a big yeah. adjustment I mean, to learn how to do that. <laughs> it is hard, but luckily I love the water. I mean, I truly, I, I love the water. Um and I, you know, I love to scuba dive and swim and you know, all of those things. So um, uh, it, I, I was thrilled to have the opportunity actually to to learn to breath hold and do all of that. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's it's great. It's great to learn something new. You know, the training was 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 such such an experience, so eye opening. Um, and also learning that your body is capable of doing things that you just thought it never would be able to do. You know, like. Like hold your breath for seven minutes. I mean, crazy, completely That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah, after a lot of training. I mean, and I, it's not something I could just sit here right now, take a deep breath, and hold it for seven minutes. No, no, absolutely not. You have to completely sort of, you know, you have to prepare your body properly and go through a breathing sequence. I mean, it's yeah, it's a it's it's a big deal um, thing. But uh, but I loved it. I loved it. When we come back, Harvey, Woody, and is Hollywood really changing? Time is a luxury for us, especially if you're a mom. That's why we need a skincare routine that's easy, fast, and gives us results. Plus, what if your products had thousands of five-star reviews? Were natural and affordable? Well, say hello to Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Not sure where to start? I highly recommend the Work System. It's everything you need in one powerful package. Take out the guesswork with a proven routine that includes a gentle yet effective cleanser, a super skin toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. See what everyone is raving about. From serum sets to the always sold out retinol alternative TBT cream, you'll find your perfect skincare match. Dime has over 2 million happy customers and their product reviews are literally five stars. Love your skin again. Go to dimebeautyco.com for 20% off with code GETDIME. That's dimebeautyco.com, code GETDIME for 20% off. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm just curious about how you feel things have changed for women in, in Hollywood, in, in film, in television, in, in sort of every medium uh, since you started. And and I sense a, a real palpable change. And I know you have said it's great to see women become more muscular. Mm. But, that you know, I think you also concede that they're, they're still miles to go before we sleep, as they say. And mm. I'm curious your overall impressions of of how Me Too and Time's Up and this reckoning with with sexual harassment, et cetera, has has had real world impact on on your industry. Well, I mean this, you know, we should we need to do another we could talk about that. Other podcast for just this subject. Um I mean look, I think, you know, you touched on something earlier actually in 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 the interview that really sort of stopped and made me think, which is you know, you're right, like around the time of Titanic, I was subjected to the most extraordinary level of bullying from the media about how I looked. And, you know, I think so. social media now is the bigger worry when it comes to all of that kind of stuff. But mainstream media, at least now, have stopped doing that. You know, they don't seem to single out someone and just absolutely attack them for being fat, for being thin, for being... I mean, it's, it was... It, it it's incredible when I look back on how 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 badly I was treated and sort of was that, that scarring was that scarring for you um, it, must have it been. was yeah it was scarring for a while it, it it definitely was scarring and you know I'm I'm quite good at seeing you know things as being a blessing in disguise and I had to try and find you know a positive out of it and the only thing I could find was that it made me think right well if that's what they're going to do I'm not going to Hollywood then because clearly. I'm not cut out for this world. That's not who I, that's not me. I don't want that level of scrutiny. Um, but also I think the thing about it that was very, very cruel was that, you know, my body was shifting and changing. Hormones play a huge part in your physical makeup when you're young. And it was extraordinary to me how the press could be that unkind to a young, vulnerable woman who was still figuring out who the heck she was. It's terrible. So. So that kind of thing has always made me incredibly angry and upset. But I not to mention, Kate, that you were beautiful. It, it and and by well, the way, this is the thing. This is the thing, Katie. You know, I was. You know, I. I, I mean, I don't want to ever even talk about specifics of weight because that seems like a very bad thing to do. But, but I, I look back on that time, and I and I even look at images sometimes. Um, and I, I was very average. I was a very average shape and size. I was what they would call now call, you know, curvy, you know, but then they would say voluptuous, you know, weighty. She's, she's clearly gained 20 pounds. I mean, how dare people do that to a young person? Absolutely terrible, terrible. It's amazing that I got through it really without severe scars, you know, um, Somehow I did. I think that's just because I've got a, a good family and I've always understood what's important in life, which is obviously not listening to what the media has to say. But in terms of, to your question, how things have changed, I think we're still experiencing this seismic shift. And I think that there's more to come. I mean, I definitely think that hopefully the next voices we'll hear will be from the LGBTQ community in terms of in terms of how they are heard, perceived, represented in films and television in the mainstream, because I still feel very strongly that we don't have enough LGBTQ 
roles available for actors in our mainstream. You know, that's why we so often will talk about the LGBTQ character and we'll compare that character to the few characters who are LGBTQ that do exist rather than them just being absolutely present and an integral part of, of every single story that we're telling. So I think that that's the next thing that's coming. I would hope that it is. Um, but women's voices being heard, I think what is the most exciting thing for me at this time, it's not just that we are feeling a new level of confidence in terms of how we can speak for ourselves and for one another, but this sense of women standing together, you know, a sense of sisterhood, a lack of judgment, I think a sort of a, a shoulder to shoulder, even arms around one another, sense of solidarity in moving forward is truly, truly magnificent and is, 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 is taking my breath away and I'm finding that very moving. And also feeling that women's voices are being, we're really being heard in a new way, in a different way. And that I'm appreciating as well, because I don't think we're, I mean, yes, we're still, we're still loud and proud and we're still yelling and screaming in certain areas, but I feel that our voices are just beginning to become a steady, strong, collaborative heartbeat rather than having to yell and scream to get ourselves heard. I think there's much more of an acceptance. The space is being held for us in a different way. And I think that we're all stepping into that space in absolute unity. And that is wonderful. That's wonderful. And new, I and would say. New, for and someone, very, very new. Yes. Right. Yeah. I never, during different periods of my career, I never felt the support of other women yes, uh, in a way right. that I, I really missed uh, where they would come together and say, wait a second, you can't criticize Katie's makeup when she is anchoring the evening news. That's wrong. Like whoever's doing that, cut it out. I, I felt very alone in the world. Yes. And the idea, I think, I still think women, some of it is, I think still women are competitive and I think that's okay, by the way. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, men are competitive too. But I do sense that there's much more support for women yes. and for each other, and a much more a, a much more active celebration of women, other women, when they do well. Right? Yes, I think I think you're right. And less resentment. I think that's absolutely true. You're right. There's the, le the less resentment thing is is definitely a really big deal. Um, because when I was, you know, when I was a successful actress in my early 20s oh yeah I mean there's you know th there's bitchiness there's finger pointing there's backstabbing there's other people trying to sort of do you down or compete with you and this is a sort of a crazy way to exist you know and and I definitely feel that that's I definitely feel that that's really really changing um and I think that we can we can rely on our friends and our um peers to to call out others for saying things that might be offensive or, or snide in some way or less than supportive. You know, I think it's okay now to say, hang on a second. You know, you don't need to right. say that. That's, there's definitely a different way of, of seeing this moment. And maybe actually that's your stuff. Let's not bring that stuff to this person because they're, they're doing something really cool. You know, maybe you could notice that. You know, so there's definitely, there's a different rhythm to the language that we're using now that I'm finding enormously gratifying, especially the mother of a, of, of a young woman myself, you know, and, and seeing the impact I think that this is already having certainly on her, on my daughter Mia, most definitely, and I'm sure a lot of women are feeling the same way, you know, we're definitely, because it's not, it's not this generation, it's not our generation that are going to change the world, it's that generation, it's the younger generation, and by God, they're actually going to change the world, you know. So, <laughs> I so I, I think to be passing along language and 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 um, compassion to that younger generation and teaching them how to use their words sensibly mindfully kindly and wisely you know that's going to make a difference too a really big difference um it's 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 a really interesting it's a really interesting time don't you think <laughs> i do I'm going to get killed by your publicist, but I can't help but ask you one other question, Kate. I just watched uh, the documentary about Woody Allen and Mia Farrow, which was absolutely devastating. And and I know that one thing, th these very top positions, these decision-making uh, positions, these directors, et cetera, that, that really ruled 
the world uh, when you were sort of in the early stages of your career and even later, um, there has been a major reckoning about that. And um, it's it's fascinating for me to see this about face that so many people are doing when it comes to their association with different directors. And I know that you feel that way about Woody Allen and Roman Polanski as well. Like if you knew then what you know now, you would have real reservations. And and why do you think that that you didn't have reservations back then? It was just because it had been sort of sublimated by the culture. Is that well, probably I think, why? Katie, the, you know, I think I think I think what I do want to say, and I say this not to in any way defend my choices, because that would not be the right thing for me to do. Um, but these men, these men had very, you know, and still have, you know, very successful careers in movies, you know, and one can't deny that, you know, we've watched Woody Allen films or Polanski films. You know, I know a lot of people in my world who say, my God, but, you know, Manhattan inspired me so much or, you know, Bitter Moon was one of the most incredible films I've ever seen. I mean, you know, actors, writers, directors, we had all we had all gotten used to these individuals being part of our wider film community. And trust me, spots in those directors' films were heavily coveted and, and fought for, you know, by the actors themselves and sometimes the agents on their behalf. So that's why it was always, it was always suggested that it was okay. It was okay to work with these men. It was an honor to work with these men because look, everybody, they're still working. Their films are still getting financed and their films are still making money. So it's that that I think we need to start questioning. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think what I said um, earlier last year is true, which is just that, you know, yeah, I definitely regret having made those decisions, you know. Um, I haven't seen the documentary that you're referring to, but um, but I but but I do have someone sending it to me because we don't have it over in the UK yet, and I'm obviously dying to see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think we have to, you know, I think we have to sort of not finger point anymore when it comes to this is part of what we were saying before of being able to, you know, sort of stand shoulder to shoulder with people and 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 not judge you know i think there's been a lot of finger pointing that has gone on in terms of people's opinions and you shouldn't you shouldn't have done that but i think that what's important too is to be able to say you know what yes i hold myself accountable and this is how i feel about it and evolve learn and move on you know um and continue to talk about it when 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 asked to when required to in appropriate ways um yeah, there's a lot of things that people don't like saying, you know. There's a lot of things that people will try and shy away from. And uh, I just don't think I really want to live my life like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, I do think that part of it is that we see the world, uh, thankfully, through a very different lens now. And yes, I think you're right. I think a lot of us have learned and been made aware and... Uh, with the benefit of hindsight, things look very different. But at the time, sometimes it's 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 impossible to evaluate and judge your behavior given the circumstances you were in. So, um, you know, I think you're right. You learn, you you realize, and you move forward, and you behave differently, or you have different standards moving on. I think that's true for everyone, honestly. Um, yeah. yeah. And. Uh, but 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 we can't necessarily judge ourselves. You know, I have my own issues with that. Uh, you know, with with my with my colleague Matt Lauer, and that you know has required a lot of soul searching on my part. And, yeah, my goodness, yes, um, yeah. So so I think we all we all have our stuff that we might have done differently, or you know, look back and analyze. But I think the most important thing is to learn and move forward. So I hear. I think you. you're. I think you're absolutely right. And you know, I mean, one thing that I one thing that I can I can say that that I that I always did do was to sidestep all of the the I'm going to use the word sorry you can cut out if you want but I would sidestep all of Harvey Weinstein's bullshit you know I never pandered to any of his crap um, and he was a very very difficult man to work with always and extremely unpre unpleasant mean and tactical and um, 
and 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 just brutal to people. Um, and and I do remember, I do remember, um, because he had been a part of the reader, and I do remember before the Academy Awards that year that there were a couple of people in my in my life who said, "Now, Kate, listen, you know, if you do win this Academy Award, you know, um, just do the right thing, you know, just make sure that you mention Harvey." And I looked those people right in the eye and I said, "Over my dead body." And I won the Academy Award, and I'm very pleased and proud to say that I did not thank Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, did you hear from him? No, thank God. <laughs> um, no, it was made clear to me through other parties that that hadn't necessarily gone down particularly well. But, you know, so what? I mean, he was really, he was a monster. He was an absolute monster. Um, and, and, and everybody knows that, you know. Everybody knows that now. And and I think that's a relief for that's a relief for, you know, many, many people in our industry, most importantly of all, the people who suffered the most at his ghastly hands. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> and, and it's also put put puts guardrails on the behavior of powerful people in general in the future. Yeah. You know, suddenly yeah. people realize, you know, you can all the you know, the 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 gig is up, right? <laughs> that you can yeah. only behave that yeah. way for a certain amount of time. Well, I have yeah. taken way too much of your time, Kate, and I just love talking to you. Um, you too. Big fan, you, Kate Winslet, you. big fan. <laughs> well, likewise. <laughs> I mean, I just think you're amazing. You just, you know, look at you. You look so glorious and you look happy and, you know, it's just such a pleasure to talk to you. And, and you know, I just can't believe we've known each other so long, really. Isn't that crazy? I know. We're those people. Crazy. We've become those people, Katie. We've become those people who we can say, my God, how long has it been? We're those people I now. Know. Thanks again to the totally delightful Kate Winslet. I had so much fun catching up with her after all these years. You can check Kate out in the fantastic Mayor of Easttown, premiering April 18th on HBO. You can also find her on Audible as the voice of the new book, The Weirdies by Michael Buckley. Next Question with Katie Couric is a production of iHeartMedia and Katie Couric Media. The executive producers are me, Katie Couric, and Courtney Litz. The supervising producer is Lauren Hansen. Associate producers, Derek Clements, Adriana Fazio, and Emily Pinto. The show is edited and mixed by Derek Clements. For more information about today's episode or to sign up for my morning newsletter, Wake Up Call, go to katiecouric.com. You can also find me at Katie Couric on Instagram and all my social media channels. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.